0: It's Saturday, February the 1st, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Britain leaves the EU and impeachment testimony blocked. First, the week in brief. Britain officially left the European Union 1,317 days after voting to do so in a referendum. Brexit marks the end of its 47 years membership in the world's biggest trading bloc. Little will change immediately. Now follows a transition period until December 31st, during which Britain and EU countries must work out the details of their future relationship. The Republican majority in America's Senate prevailed in blocking the call for witnesses, notably John Bolton, the President's former National Security adviser. at Donald Trump's impeachment trial. The chamber voted 51-49 against hearing any testimony. Till the end, it had seemed possible that four Republicans would cross lines to join the Democrats in voting to allow it. The President's acquittal on Wednesday, most likely, now seems inevitable. The death toll claimed by the Wuhan coronavirus reached 259 in China, with more than 11,000 cases confirmed. Britain and Russia reported their own first infections, bringing to 23 the number of countries with confirmed cases. More airlines, including several in Africa, cancelled flights to mainland China. America blocked the arrival of most foreigners who have visited China recently. Stock markets slumped. America also expanded the list of countries from which it would block virtually all immigration. Nigeria, home to the largest population in Africa, along with three other African states, Kyrgyzstan and Myanmar, joined seven countries already stuck on the list. Each has a substantial Muslim population. Myanmar's Rohingya have been fleeing persecution on the basis of their religion and ethnicity. Preliminary GDP numbers for the euro area were even worse than already gloomy analysts had predicted. The zone's economy grew by just 0.1% in the fourth quarter of 2019, compared with the third. Italy and France were particularly anemic. Both economies shrank. Figures for Germany, the currency club's biggest member, are not due until February 14th. Airbus agreed to pay fines totaling €3.6 billion, euros, $4 billion to regulators in America, Britain and France to resolve charges of bribery, corruption and inaccurate filings. The penalty dwarfs those in other recent bribery-related settlements. Under the deferred prosecution agreements with the authorities, the maker faces no formal charges but may end up in court if it fails to comply. And a Formula One billionaire rescued Aston Martin, a struggling British sports car maker best known for its association with James Bond. A consortium led by Lawrence Stroll, who partly owns the Racing Point Formula One team, will inject £182 million, $235 million, into the business, with another £300 million or so coming from existing investors. Mr Stroll's racing team will be rebranded Aston Martin as part of the rescue. And now, here's today's agenda. I C U, Optical revolutions in Belgium. Today, a blockbuster exhibition opens at the Museum of Fine Arts in the Belgian city of Ghent, bringing together 13 of Jan van Eyck's 20 or so surviving works. Crowds will probably gravitate towards one detail of this visual feast, the lamb in the Ghent altarpiece, painted with his brother Hubert, which has an unnervingly human-looking face. When the 15th century Flemish painter's newly restored work was unveiled last week, tabloids screamed that churchgoers freak out after seeing Lamb of God's terrifying human eyes. Memes compared its blue steel stare to that of Derek Zoolander, a comedy film character. A Twitter account was created. Hent Mystic Lamb's bio reads, I am looking at you and I am judging you. I follow no one. But The Lamb is no joke, it reflects Van Eyck's enduring talent. His mesmerising blend of intense realism and mystic symbolism still holds sway six centuries after he put oil on oak panels. Hashtag MeToo Films, The Assistant During Harvey Weinstein's trial, now underway in New York, prosecutors will describe a culture of abuse surrounding the disgraced movie mogul. Mr Weinstein stands accused of five sexual assault charges, to which he has pleaded not guilty. They will allege that women were lured to hotel rooms and attacked, victims were made to sign punitive non-disclosure agreements, and employees were bullied into silence. The Assistant, released in America yesterday, channels that story. It follows Jane, Julia Garner, who lands a job as an assistant to a powerful movie executive. She becomes aware of monstrous behaviour and reports it, but is shrugged off by the Human Resources Department. Kitty Green, the writer and director, says that although the film draws on the reports of Mr Weinstein's behaviour, she wanted to probe wider cultural problems. That became the focus, the system around the Predator, the machinery. Critics call it the first great #MeToo film. Philosophy in Pennsylvania: Groundhog Day. On February 2nd, weather watchers descend on a small town in Pennsylvania to await the verdict of a rodent. If punks a tawny fill, a groundhog emerges from his burrow and sees his shadow. There will be six more weeks of winter. No shadow suggests an early spring. Groundhog Day was first held in 1887 as a quirky spin-off of an ancient pagan festival. A film in 1993 starring Bill Murray won it global attention. Despite 130-odd years of experience, Phil's skills don't seem to have improved much. According to the National Centers for Environmental Information, his accuracy rate is a dismal 40%. Some reckon the media spectacle has become a bit overwhelming for the shy beast. This week, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, an animal rights group, lobbied to replace him with an animatronic AI fill, noting that groundhogs are not barometers. The thousands of annual attendees seem to disagree. Honey Trap, using bees' own guts to save them. Worth almost $20 billion to American agriculture, honeybees are well worth looking after. But 2018 saw the largest colony losses on record. Beekeepers have constantly battled pests and pathogens. The main threats are Varroa destructor, a parasitic mite that devours bee pupae, and deformed wing virus, which the mites carry. This duumvirate of doom is the main cause of colony collapse. However, as reported this week in Science, American scientists have developed a powerful new weapon to combat them. They engineered strains of bacteria specifically to target both the mites and the virus. Once delivered to the bees, these bacteria become biological factories, producing molecules that harm the two. The results were a resounding success. The mites died off after ingesting the new bacteria, while the bees' own immune systems fought off the virus. If the technique works when scaled up to full colonies, it could be a silver bullet for the parasites. Mahomes' big chance, the Super Bowl. The biggest event on America's sporting calendar, the Super Bowl, takes place on Sunday. This year's edition of the National Football League's Championship Game, which usually draws over 100 million viewers, could mark the end of an era in American football. The Kansas City Chiefs are narrow favourites thanks to Patrick Mahomes, the reigning holder of the league's Most Valuable Player Award. Few quarterbacks in history have even tried to make passes as difficult as Mr Mahomes's. When chased by an opposing player, he often makes long, accurate throws from unnatural arm angles without looking at his target. Standing in his way are the San Francisco 49ers, surprise finalists, but the first Super Bowl team since 2007 to finish in the league's top five in both offence and defence. If Mr Mahomes can lead the long-suffering Chiefs to their first title since 1969, he will supply the ageing Tom Brady as the sport's emblematic superstar. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley, who passed away on this day in 1851. Live and be happy and make others so. That's it from the Economist morning briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays.